Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to ask a pharmacist about getting naloxone for their first aid kits at home or work. No prescription is needed. Naloxone can rapidly reverse an opioid overdose and restore breathing. Opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Most people who become violent do not have a diagnosis of mental illness. In fact, research shows that people who do are more likely to be victims of crimes than perpetrators. Still, after each mass shooting, we hear contrary messages. We must reform our mental health laws to better identify mentally disturbed individuals who may commit acts of violence and make sure those people not only get treatment, but when necessary, involuntary confinement. Mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. While mental illness gets caught up in rhetoric, the need to address it is absolutely real, notably among young people. The American Psychological Association says as many as one in five children has a mental health need. Several Georgia school districts are making efforts to address those needs for students and for faculty. Here with more on these efforts is Deborah Murdoch. She's former high school principal, and she now heads the Social and Emotional Learning Initiative for Cherokee County Schools. Welcome. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for being here. How does this new focus on social and emotional learning differ from the traditional mental health care? Well, it really doesn't differ at all. Um, The social-emotional framework is really a larger piece if you think about an umbrella Um, mental health awareness really fits right under that. Um, Social-emotional learning helps students and adults manage emotions, set positive goals, understand others, have um, empathy for others, and uh, understand really what they're about as a human being. And so mental health awareness really just fits right up underneath the umbrella of social-emotional learning. And of course, this wasn't, your initiative was not developed in a vacuum. The Georgia APEX program started with a pilot in 2015. Now, how's that distinct from your program? So the APEX program certainly is an important piece of our program. Our program looks at a totality of the the child and both well both the child and the adult so we look at five tenets and apex really fits under one of those so our tenets are really looking at trauma-informed practices helping our staff and students understand about trauma um, where their own trauma comes from and recognizing that mental health awareness and this is where the apex program is really very very important apex is a collaborative of mental health providers and uh, our governor has really sought to expand that program but mental health awareness and suicide prevention is a second tenant equity and access culture competencies we want our students to understand um, that all students are different there's a diversity of people and that they're all very important in our school system a positive behavior framework. We want um, teachers to collaborate on positive behaviors. And then staff well-being and self-care is very important. We can't really look at our kids and their needs without focusing on our staff. It's very important that we acknowledge that our staff needs to take care of themselves and we need to help that process along. So APEX is a very important process right underneath that mental health and awareness piece. So those five tenets expanding now in school curriculum. That's correct, okay. yes. And APEX, you mentioned they got money from the state, an additional $8.4 million from the fiscal year started on July 1, thanks yes. to Governor Kemp's budget. This is on top of $4.3 million from Governor Deal the year before that. So that's a significant outlay, more than doubling in a year. How was the case made for all this funding? Well, I think that um, there's been lots of political information out there about the importance of mental health. So that piece we're very excited about. Let's draw some attention to mental health awareness in our state. And uh, the governor 
I believe, really wanted to help school districts um, find funds to provide mental health within their schools. So the $8.4 million was really designated for high schools. And he sought to put that into the APEX program. And according to some of the research, he believed that that program is successful. We're just starting to really explore our options with some of our APEX providers. At this point, I think only about 20% of schools have APEX providers in their schools. But we're looking forward to beginning conversations with our APEX providers in our district and seeing how they can really help our kids in our schools. So this is a high school, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. a governor deal. This is focused on high school, the APEX program. How about your program? Mm -hmm. Where is that? It is going to be a K-12 initiative. We're really looking at all those different factors from as you mentioned, the embedded curriculum pieces, but also behaviors and support from our mental health providers, our counselors, our psychologists, our social workers. And our district even kind of went um, two steps above, and we hired two additional mental health providers in this fiscal year to really support some of the initiatives that the social-emotional initiative was really going to be about. Well, let's get to the need for counseling mm-hmm. in schools. So for mental health or learning, uh, social and emotional skills, we cited that number at the beginning. One in five kids could use support in this area. You were nodding. That yes. sounds right to you? Absolutely. That it's sounds right to- so high. It really is. And for our district of our size, we're approaching 43,000 kids in our district, you know, that's really 8,500 kids that really need support. And of those, how many are not diagnosed? And so we really want to get a grasp on the kids that need that support, but also finding the others that possibly need support and don't have it yet. Well, given your work, is there an example of a child who you worked with maybe uh, who illustrates that need? Maybe someone struggling at home or with a mental health diagnosis who benefited from counseling and this kind of support. You know, my go-to story is one of our success stories in our district. He was a student in my school when I was the high school principal at Cherokee High. He really needed every support in the planet. With a great partnership, we have a great partnership with a group called Goshen Valley Boys Ranch. Um, his home life was atrocious, the, the worst I have ever seen in, in 24 years. But he found a home at Goshen Valley, and we put lots of supports in place, counseling supports um, through the work at Goshen. He received counseling at school and at home. And um, what a real success story. We were really worried about that child making it. But through all the efforts of a great staff at that high school, the extra supports he received at Goshen, he was able to graduate, and I was able to hand him that diploma. And he's doing very well at this point. So that's what we're talking about, laser focus on every each and every kid in our district. How can you manage that with so many kids? And so I think you've got two counselors in your program now? Well, we have two mental health providers. Mm-hmm. We have uh, 91 counselors in the district, school district-wide. So it's really going to take a totality of focus and that's what we're saying in our district it takes a village to raise them so not only we're talking about the counselors and psychologists and social workers we're talking about teacher empowerment teacher development but we are making a push for everyone in our district so we have done professional learning for our cafeteria workers our bus drivers our custodians our facilities our technologists everyone in this district is going to be responsible for this initiative moving forward deborah murdoch is my guest she leads the cherokee county Schools Initiative on Social and Emotional Learning. And as we just heard, two mental health counselors are being added to Cherokee schools in addition to all of the guidance counselors. 
Your your initiative. So this is the thing that the guidance counselor relationship, the mental health worker relationship. This is based on a sort of intensive one on one focus. How do you spread that or make that work inside of a school curriculum in a classroom? You you embed that curriculum, and it's it's small pieces and large pieces. We have really done a great job, I think, in the last year of one finding out what kids need, and we've used some surveys very successfully to do that. Um, we've used a group called Panorama, who really looks at the social-emotional learning needs of our students. We started that pilot last year in middle schools. We're expanding that to 512 so that we know where kids stand in their resiliency, in their self-efficacy, what they feel about their grit. And so using that kind of information, really targeting some specific, specific learning goals to the child, almost making an individual plan for their learning needs. But it's going to take a collaborative. We know we're part of that. Our community has stepped forward in ways that we knew they would, um, and we're super excited about that. Um, Partners like our hospital affiliate, Northside Hospital Cherokee, the facts, the organization that really supports kids in crisis. So we're very, very excited about moving forward. We know it's going to be a totality of approach. One of the things that we became very, very aware of in um, a Georgia Health survey last year was that a significant portion of our kids, about 24%, said they wanted and needed a significant adult at school that they could connect with. Mm. That is one of our missions this year, that each child in our district, all 43,000, has a significant adult figure, a relationship in their life. And that's our goal for this year. Well, the need is glaring everywhere. And the recent shootings in Texas and Ohio mm-hmm. both involve shooters in their 20s. Again, most people who commit acts of violence do not have a diagnosed mental illness. Although there were some warnings of the sign of capacity for violence, certainly, especially for the Dayton shooter, who had a kill list and a rape list, apparently, in his high school. So given your experience, do you think that counseling, some kind of intervention in high school, may have changed that outcome? Well, it's impossible to say. Um, you know, there are no crystal balls here. But what we are hoping and believing that if you build supports for students, um, starting from their earliest school age and really beyond, um, that hopefully that we intervene in, in pieces that could promote someone to do that. And so um, that is our goal is to provide every support, provide every relationship that we can have so that students feel that they have a solid um relationship and a solid place to go in, in, in the event that they need mental health supports. Well, this certainly came up in Cherokee County's Atawa High School in 2016. Two students planned an attack on people at the school. What effect did that have on the system and the community? Well, it was, um, if, if you look at the best case scenario of that really terrible thing, our community stepped forward in a great way. And so um, we had people that reported that incident. And Every municipality, every our school police, which we have an extensive school police program, um, worked collaboratively with the sheriff's office and our district folks so that we made sure that um, that was addressed and handled in the best way possible. But it was a real eye-opener for us yeah. that, um, you know, just because we're in Cherokee County, a great suburb of Atlanta, it can happen anywhere. And we have to be vigilant in our efforts, not only to support our kids' mental health pieces, but also to protect them with safety and security measures. Well, this is part of the thing. Students increase they have to deal with the threat of violence in their schools. Ethan Asher is a senior at Centennial High School in Roswell, founder of the Georgia chapter of March for Our Lives. So he said it was hard to get help from overworked counselors after the Parkland High School shooting. When you talk about mental health in schools, a lot of people talk about having a specific mental health professional. So I did depend on my teachers and my friends and my family to kind of be a support system in those days after the shooting. 
how can social and emotional learning help students through mm. this kind of threat, the fear of going to school and gun violence, you know, even if the school counselor is booked? Right. Well, it, it goes back to that one significant adult. And so um, we've kind of hashtagged be that one, be that the power of one. So it's really linking kids with a significant adult that they feel safe with. And so counselors are overbooked. The state funds a counselor one to 450 so it's very difficult to make sure the counselor has time for all for everyone. But there are significant adults in a building that can reach kids and make them feel safe and secure. Well, here's Ethan after the more recent shootings in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. There was no information for so long. You know, we found out at probably 11.30 noonish what was happening, and it wasn't until 6 o'clock that we knew any information. We didn't know how many shooters there were. We didn't know how many victims there were. We didn't know where it was happening. We literally knew nothing. So it's the not knowing that really was um, anxiety causing in this scenario. Yeah, making students feel safe in this age Mm -hmm. of anxiety. What do you think an increased focus on mental and emotional health of students could help prevent violence in school or beyond or, or at least help care victims and others when it does happen. Yeah, both. And we're, we're really looking at uh, a dual approach. One, embedding curriculum that stresses importance of relationships that helps students understand their emotions and managing them, and also um, focuses on dealing with those anxieties. But we're also doing things within our district to make them feel more safe. Um, extra police presence, um, buzz-in systems, security foyers. So there's kind of a duality of approach there that we really hope um, gives kids confidence about being in school. School should be their safe place. And we know that's a problem right now. Really quickly, I'm sorry we have to close, but I'm wondering how you measure emotional intelligence or emotional learning? It's a great question. Um, We're really banking on um, and very confident in some of the results we've seen from these surveys about how kids view themselves, because it really is a self-assessment of a a measure. It's very difficult for one to test social emotional learning, but the kids can tell us themselves. Executive Director of Social and Emotional Learning, Deborah Murdoch with Cherokee County Schools. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. She's leading the initiative That is going on now in Cherokee County, maybe a model for others. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.